if you're in a community, and especially if you're in like a Facebook community of like um, teachers or you're in a spiritual community, right? Just you not holding back. Don't even have the thought in your mind of selling, but really just have lead with what you're inspired right now or what you're working on or everyone here. Don't hold back on sharing this inspiration, this creativity that you're channeling all the time. And especially if you belong to a community, have it be something that that you know people would appreciate in the community because that's how you kind of create a wait list of people who want commissions from you. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, it's Miriam Shulman here, your creator of Inspiration, and you're listening to episode 218 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so happy that you're here. So what we're doing today is a little different. It seems like we've been doing a lot of different special episodes lately. I have lots of my friends and colleagues come into the Artist Incubator as guest expert coaches for my artists. So we've had Laura Belgray and Danielle Weil coach them on copywriting. We've had Patty Lennon coach them on aligned sales. Jennifer Lehner did a session on hiring a virtual assistant. And then Lee Starma came in and also talked about Instagram. And we've had many, many other sessions. This one that I'm sharing with you today, it's pulled from there, but I did cut it down a little bit. So not everyone who actually got coached is in today's episode. I only included the names of three of the artists that you're going to hear from today. There's a fourth one who you will also hear from, but we've included her anonymously since We haven't been able to get in touch with her to find out if she was going to be okay with us sharing her name. So we've just shared her content anonymously. I chose also these four because I think they're going to really provide a lot of insight to you about how to step into your natural genius to sell more art. And nobody does that better than my friend Anna Sweet. And I'm even going to let you eavesdrop to our little conversation that happened right before I introduced everyone because I think it was super fun. So if you want to get coached by me, by Sean, by all these experts so that you can really transform your sales, transform your business and create the success that you're looking for, I would love to help you with that. We are taking applications for the mastermind level of the Artist Incubator Program And we will be opening up enrollment for the next cohort of the Artist Incubator Self-Study soon. So we'll be opening up enrollment again for the next cohort in the middle of October, or you can apply for the Mastermind. To find out about either of these tracks, go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z, B as in boy, I as in ice cream, Z as in zebra. I would love to help you double your art sales and have the most amazing year ever. All right, without further ado, let's get on with today's show. 
This is Discover Your Genius Essence with business and leadership coach, Anna Swee. Anna is a business and leadership coach, an international writer, speaker, and serial entrepreneur. She's the founder of the Intuitive Business School, a program that helps coaches, healers, and business owners build their signature programs, fearlessly scale their businesses, and use their genius as fuel for growth. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Anna, my good friend and very smart colleague, Anna Sweet. Hi, thanks for having me, Miriam. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Okay, folks. So I am here to open you to the world of your genius. How many people have heard of zone of genius? How many of us really know what the zone of genius actually is? There are not actual steps to get you there, except maybe, you know, do things that make you feel like you lose track of time, do things that make you feel like you're in flow. And so after many, many years of me trying to find myself, I think anyone who's intellectually curious, creatively curious, we're always trying to find this like essence of ourselves. And I was looking outside and I was looking for other people to bring it to me, to teach it to me. Like, Anna, this is who you are. This is what you're meant to do. This is how you're brilliant. I need to go within. And in that process, what I discovered is I have a genius. Everyone has a genius. And our genius is very different than what we are taught it is. And our zone of genius is actually very different than what we think it is. And so a lot of people, we think that our genius is IQ based, right? We think of people like Albert Einstein, and he was a genius physicist, or people who are really good at a skill, that becomes your genius. And here's the thing, that's only one really small fraction of how great, how big, how deep, how expansive your genius actually is. And what I've discovered is your genius, your innate genius, this natural essence, natural characteristic of you, your personality of your soul, that is beyond IQ. It actually becomes almost like an energetic territory. It's a mood. It's the thing that people who know you really well, they'll describe, oh, Miriam is such a dynamic person and she understands systems so well, it's mind blowing, right? Or some people might describe, I had someone who said that their mom's genius was that their mom was a a genius caretaker, so good at taking care of people, making them feel welcome, nurturing them to be their best selves. And the interesting thing is our innate genius is the thing that we discount the most. Being, uh, let's say a genius caretaker, it takes a lot of different disciplines and synthesis of intellectual, emotional, energetic factors, right? You have to be able to really understand someone. You have to be able to uh, predict what they need to even see a few steps ahead. Like if I give them this, it will help them nurture them to do this or to be this or to be whole. And the funny thing is our genius is the thing that we discount the most, but it's also the thing that people will pay the most for and that people will, that makes us irreplaceable, right? It makes us truly unique. And so imagine, again, my friend's mom, who is a genius nurturer, whatever her profession is, say she's a a teacher or a lawyer, whatever it may be, imagine if she embraced her genius and being this lawyer, this teacher that is 
so connected to her genius of nurturing that she becomes the lawyer or the teacher or the person. And the reason why I'm telling you this is all of you, within all of you, there's a genius. And within your genius, there's like a natural creative flow. I call it genius flow, where synchronicities happen, where you just get ideas out of the blue, you get inspiration out of the blue. And it's almost as if you're tapped into this other energy that's completely different from your logical brain. That's completely different from your ego. And so Einstein, a lot of people think that his genius uh, was that he was a really good physicist. And on all accounts, he was kind of like an okay physicist, even when it comes to academically. But his genius, his energetic genius, his essence was his ability to wield his imagination. And if you ever read stories about Einstein, especially when he was younger, he just saw things like he would imagine himself walking next to rays of light. And oh, I love that, Cindy. Yeah, he would imagine himself just walking next to rays of light and then see how they would refract. And he was fascinated by compasses and how they kind of show these electromagnetic fields that we couldn't see. It was his ability to wield his imagination combined with his skills of physicist that really made him a true genius. And so I really want to introduce that concept because so many of us have this genius and genius flow within us, but we might think that, well, you know, I haven't studied enough. I haven't had enough years as an artist to be, or I haven't had enough experience or I didn't work with, you know, these teachers or whatever it is. No, you have genius within you right now. Chances are you're in it all the time without realizing it. Chances are you could probably ask someone in your life, hey, what do you think my genius is? Husband, wife, kids, whatever. And they will probably tell you something that you will find absolutely fascinating. And chances are, whatever it is, you probably discount it a lot. And so I wanted to just take a moment for you to just have this opening and realization that there is a genius within you that is an energetic territory, that is who you really are. I'm going to tie that into what we're going to talk about today, which is how to use your own genius flow. So this, again, this notion of flow where there's synchronicities happening, you get ideas out of the blue, you lose all track of time, you're just in the moment. Ideas, creativity, concepts are coming to you, people are coming to you. And the thing is, like, people are coming to you. Right. And yes, you might go approach other people or you might be connected to other people, but there's a natural flow, a natural synthesis that's happening. And I want to talk about genius flow as it relates to sales. And it's a totally different concept than how most people do sales, which is from their ego. And the problem with doing sales from your mind, from your ego, sometimes even based on how you've seen other people do it, that's really effective, but it might not be exactly your way that feels aligned to you. When we do sales, when we conduct business in a place that's of the mind of the ego, what happens is our own fears show up, our own doubts, all of the thoughts of the mind. Can I do this? How do I do this? Am I worthy? Am I not worthy? And so I would love for us to begin to experiment how we can do sales in a different way, more in our genius, more in flow, more in accordance with the natural way that we just exist and the natural way that we're just like turned on and excited about life. I do want to just start with an interesting question 
but I would love for you to tell me, to tell us about something that maybe you're really excited about right now or something that you're really in love with right now in a way that invites us to experience it with you. So it could be your favorite restaurants, right? Or it could be this book that you're in love with, but like something that you're just like kind of crushing on right now, like, and that you're a little bit excited about. Uh, and I want you to just share with us in a way that kind of invites us to experience it with you. So recently, yes. So recently I moved to Utah from Los Angeles and being the only Chinese person in my entire neighborhood, it seems like you really got me thinking about what it means to be Chinese in America. So I kind of start getting like obsessed with that idea and then start reading about like books and I start and then discover that I actually don't know a whole lot of history Chinese American have gone through in America. So I'm kind of gone down to that rabbit hole. Learning about history and learning about what it actually means. Because I think there's a lot of superficial or surface level things out there. And and even myself included, all the things that I thought I knew turned out to not be true. So I'm kind of getting into that rabbit hole and trying to find more <laughs> Oh, interesting. So anything that you discovered so far that you found really interesting? I always thought a lot of Chinese American in America came to America during the time of the railroad, railroad building and gold rush era. And that is actually not true because the Chinese Exclusion Act have actually limited the number down to like tens of thousands at one point. So most Chinese American in America today came from the 50s and 60s and beyond, which I did not know. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. And everyone from what Lisi said, you know, what, what chord is it striking you? You know, like what stood out with what she said? What is like interesting about what she said? And so at uh, least you're, you're exploring just Chinese, uh, the history of uh, Chinese people in the U.S., not just in Utah, right? Just like in the U.S., right. It kind of made me realize like maybe I need to hone in on that idea. And then maybe I need, I need to express more of that in my art to kind of take a stance on what that is, what it means. Why is that important to you? Because that's who I am. It's my heritage. So why make art that speaks of like everybody else's ideas, or not everybody else's, but like ideas and topics that have been already explored by the mainstream? This is something that has not been explored as much. So I should lean in. I think I'll can find customers. What customers that way? I love that. Yes. Okay. Please keep us all updated. That's so interesting. Thank you, Lisi. So, you know, that's so interesting. I'm Chinese. So it's like maybe I never cared about like stuff like this, but something about how you said it and how you delivered it made me really interested. It connected me. It created this own magnetic field. You brought me into your flow. And so I do want you to practice saying out loud and sharing something that you, maybe it's a movie that you just watched, you know, like, I need to share this with you. This movie was awesome. And you have to go see it because you know why? When you're in that flow state of connecting and sharing from a place of excitement, guess what? That is the same natural genius energy of you in sales. Energy, that excitement, that kind of like, there was no ulterior motive except maybe just to share, just to connect. That is you in your optimal space, energetic space in sales. What happens is when we have sales conversations or when we try and get someone to buy something or something, 
we unconsciously have just been programmed to go in a completely different space. We go into like sales space, you know? And while that might work for some people, what I found is for a lot of creative people, it really turns off who we are. And creative people, who we are is we're naturally curious. We're always nerding out about something. And so we're always kind of like asking questions and naturally finding connections. And so the more that you can be in that energy, notice who you are when you are in that zone of interaction, sharing your passion, excitement. The thing about, you know, innate genius is it's everyone expresses your own genius in your own unique way. So how you naturally express your excitement in connection with other people, that is really your most magnetic self when you do sales. Tell me more, right? I'm going to share this with other people. It's this really almost like innocent energy of just like people being curious in their connection, in your passion. Okay. If I say something. <laughs> Cindy, yes, go for it. Hi. Well, I mentioned there about the emails and I love to write. So when I'm putting in my email, there's something there and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm feeling something that's really exciting when I'm writing them. It's almost like, I don't know, I guess it's just reaching out and having people read it, but there's something more to it that I can't put words to it and I can't figure out what it is. But I just did an outdoor show and people one after the other were coming into my booth and going, I love your emails. And I was having a hard time standing there and actually selling to people face to face, except for the ones that had read my emails. So I don't know if that's in around what we're talking about, but it's making me want to lay off more of the outdoor shows and and that sort of thing and really, really focus on on my writing as part of my sales. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. I I don't know. Is that? So first of all, how many people now want to get Cindy's emails? Right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I've got 300 so. Yeah, but Cindy, it it was just you sharing your excitement about it that everyone's like, okay, now I want some emails from Cindy. I don't know what you write about. I don't know how you write. So that in itself, you see that magnetism, you see that like lighting up of curiosity and like, oh, I want to be part of Cindy's email. I want to read her writing. How do you feel when you're writing your emails? Oh, it's, I love it. It just feels really good. And what I'm trying to do is just be not salesy. I'm trying to be honest and, and unique and I'm just being me when I'm writing them. So it it feels good. Good. Okay. It feels good. It feels good. Why do people love your emails? Well, they say they make them smile because I try to keep them positive. And people always, every one of them that have come into my booth, I can hardly wait till Tuesday, which I actually missed yesterday because I was so busy. But yeah, and and that makes me feel pretty good too. So have you tried tried using your emails to sell a piece or to sell anything? Oh, yeah. When I finish any work, my email list, they're the first ones to see the artwork for sure. So, yeah, I've sold work on my email for sure. Yeah. Wow. So have you found that your emails are just as effective as doing shows or it sounds like even maybe more effective at selling than just in the shows? Yeah. And it's also it's the, the long game, too, right? It's kind yeah, of. Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. They may not purchase something right away, but, but, but you're in their home every week. So, um, yeah, it is something I don't worry about. It's not, I'm not in a hurry to make a sale. I would rather be patient. 
and what goes around comes around. So if I'm good to people, that they, they will be good to me, you know, kind of thing. So. Mm. Yeah. And so, Cindy, when you are doing your emails, I'm wondering, and this is just a question for you. If let's say you had more time, more focus, more inspiration, whatever it may be, to really be like, oh, my emails are, you know, people love my emails, right? And to be able to put a little bit more attention on that, would that change anything for you in terms of how you do it? Like how often you do it? I don't think so. I think it's a good recipe right now. Yeah, because it gives me, is giving me time to do everything else. So it fits in really, really well. I love that it's in flow. Miriam's like, pay attention, everyone. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, is she? <laughs> oh, I I don't know how many times I've said this, but it was like, no way, I can't do this. And now yeah. I'm, it, it's my thing because I love to write. And, and I can see a lot of artists maybe not liking to do it if they don't like to write. And when I was told to do them all ahead of time, I'm like, no, 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 no. I have to do it a couple days before because there's things that happen that week that are exciting and that happen in my life or in my art. And I like to put something fresh and new into my email right, right away. So I can't do them ahead of time because I just go in and change them anyways. So yeah. that's me. But other people, maybe if they don't. No, that's so good because you're inviting people and all artists, all creatives are so multidimensional, right? So you're inviting people into your world through writing, which really gets into their, I mean, they really feel you. They really feel like they know you. And I, I personally am much more likely to buy art when I feel connected to the artist, right? Or to the inspiration of the piece. And so you are basically cultivating your own universe and people who vibe with it, they feel like they're in your world. So the only natural thing is to either like continue reading your emails and then one day they're going to be like, oh yes, I want that piece that she's talking about, right? I buy stuff from people I'm on their email list all the time who just tell good stories. So like your email is such a brilliant invitation into your world. And I love that it's so natural for you and you love it. I think that's absolutely you and your genius flow. Well, thank you. And also when Miriam was talking about looking into the, like she said, it was a little bit woo woo or whatever. That's how my brain works. So I use a lot of analogies in that with my paintings, this painting, the storms coming in. Have you ever met a person that's done this and this is like the storm? And I do that kind of thing as well. So yeah, just creative thought. Obviously, I haven't met any of you. And now I really feel more connected to Cindy because she shared her story. She's more of a multidimensional, you know, being for me. I can connect to her more. And then she's mentioning this painting with, you know, she's describing the painting. I can connect to this painting on more different levels than I would if I just saw it and was left to my own devices. So you're really kind of bringing the, you're highlighting the energy that's around the piece. You're inviting people into your world. You're also inviting people into like the thought process and the world of your painting. Uh, It just gives a fullness. It just makes it more interesting. And so like, I really like that. Yeah. And look, you're getting all new, uh, you're getting more subscribers now as we speak. <laughs> and email us too, because I can't wait to read this. I mean, it's just us sharing stuff that we're excited about that we love. How easy is it for you to find a way to share what it is that you love with people? And it could just be random people, right? It doesn't even need to be like specific people who sign up for whatever. It could be, and this is how I create clients all the time, is just like I show up and I'm just me. And naturally, I'm just asking a million questions and I'm like fascinated with people. And then, of course, they just ask me what I do. And I just had a conversation with someone yesterday who I met a year ago and she's going to work with me, right? After a year. And she's like, 
I've just always been in your world and I've always been curious about what you're posting. I'm always curious about the random things that you're doing, like what drinks you're drinking. You know, just we will never understand why people like us or find us interesting. But the best thing that we can do is make ourselves open to expressing the things in our life that make us interested or curious, expressing why you created this piece, right? And what's behind it. You will never know why someone connects with it. But just the fact that you're able to open up to that will create its own magnetic energy. It will create its own flow. So look, I'll, yes, everyone's subscribing. All right, folks. Anyone else? Anyone want to share how they, how they feel like they're in flow with sales and connecting to your customer or any questions about that? This is your time, folks. Or if somebody feels like they're struggling with sales and you want Anna to help you tap into what your flow should be. I have been on quite a journey since I started the course and I've moved into a studio. I have started emailing. It's small. I only have a, a 350 people that I'm emailing. There doesn't seem to be a growth pattern that I'm trying to find a growth pattern, if that makes sense. So I do think that there's a difference between having customers and having a lot of email, you know, subscribers or growth. So I don't think that you need growth to have ideal clients purchase from you. But I do think because there is a lot of pressure, especially now we're so socially connected for us to get more followers and more email subscribers and whatever, because you know, I guess statistically, you you will get more clients when you get a bigger email list. And sometimes that's not always true. And so I'm just saying this because it might be that focusing on growth might actually be that you're closing down on your genius, right? It's like, I need to. So I want to ask you, how do you naturally like to connect with people? How do you naturally enjoy being in people's presence? Well, I'm with people a lot because I have other things that I'm doing in the community and I really just like getting to know people and just personally getting connected with them. And honestly, those are the people who've become collectors who, you know, come in my studio and connect with the piece because they already knew me. And so I totally, you know, recognize that happening. I guess I'm, I am in a small community and I'm starting to realize I need to find ways to have more people that see the work and connect with it, you know? So my next thing is to have an open studio event and just invite a small group of people to come and just see what communities are you in? What kind of I'm in Kentucky. I'm in a small town in Kentucky. Ah, okay. Yeah. But what communities do you naturally gravitate to in real life or virtual, right? What kind of communities do you enjoy? You mean other than artists or is that what you mean? Yeah. It could be like, you know, people who knit, book clubs, female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I'm in quite a few different Christian communities throughout really internationally as well as nationally. So, yeah. And that's primarily who are my customers. I love that. I really think that people who have a belief system, that community is a really strong community. 
And I would actually say that you don't need any more communities or any more people, but it's like, how can you, you say you love connecting with people. How can you just use your love of connecting with people to connect with people? And what I feel for you, what I sense for you is there's something about, you know, my community is small and I want you to really, there's something that gets kind of stuck in your energy when that, but it's like, you really only need, you know, a few clients, like really clients who love your work, what you do. And guess what? They bring other people. And so there's something about connections and referrals. And there's something about you kind of going more deep with maybe even like fewer people or maybe having like a, you know, like a special, Amir and I were talking, like we love doing like having, going to like teas and luncheons and stuff like that. And that's kind of the way that I've really built my business. When I look back at it, yeah, I do all the social media stuff and whatever, but really when I look at the people who pay me tens of thousands of dollars, there are people that I've met in some random retreat or like some lunch, you know. So for you, you already have that going on. Yeah. Yeah. So can you energize that a little bit more? Yeah. And have a little bit more trust in that. That makes me, that makes sense. Yeah. I'd see that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also what can you offer these Christian communities in terms of, you know, do they know you as the artist, right? Is there, you know, is there something that you're interested in that, you know, you speak a lot about or that you're excited about? I probably don't do that enough. I mean, that would be the answer. It's a, a hard balance to not feel like you're selling yourself or you're always talking about what you're doing. And it's a hard balance between that and... Talk- what inspired one of your pieces? Can you just met- think about a piece that you made and tell us a little bit about what inspired Well, right you? now I'm doing this series on a butterflies. So all the paintings are butterflies of different, they're collages or paintings, and they're all based on a a scripture in Corinthians about transformation. And so I've been talking about transformation, and it does connect with people. I mean, you know, I do realize that, but I'm not trying to just sell butterfly paintings. I'm talking about transformation. So, you know, there's this balance there that I'm maybe overthinking or you know (laughs) and the overthinking is just that mind it's the ego if you don't have that if you're just connected to this piece of transformation what it means for you and there's no like attack you're just being in the moment with it that's what I would love for you to have more intention around sharing that's good because like people respond like you inspire them you're not just sharing your artwork you're actually like allowing them to take a moment to come into this world of transformation with you. So forget about the growth and like focus on this community. That's kind of, I feel like they're really hungry for the inspiration that you naturally channel all the time into your work. I think that's for everyone is if you're in a community and especially if you're in like a Facebook community of like teachers or you're in a spiritual community, right? Just you not holding back, don't even have the thought in your mind of selling, but really just have lead with what you're inspired right now or what you're working on or everyone here. Don't hold back on sharing this inspiration, this creativity that you're channeling all the time. And especially if you belong to a community, have it be something that, that you know people would appreciate in the community because that's how you kind of create a wait list of people who want commissions from you is like, 
You never know though, until you actually put your passion out there and do it away from sales for now. Just do it for connection, for conversation, because people will be thinking of you because all of you inspire things in others, whether or not you believe you do or not. Whenever you share something that you're really interested in, there's always people who are hungry for that. Whenever you have a desire to share something, it's because there's a need for it. There's a hunger for it, especially like during these times. Right, Laura. So basically what I feel when I sell is that, first of all, I love getting to know people. I love listening. But when it comes to this small talk, like in person, when you're in, in a show, you don't have this time, you know, to get to know a person. People are just going around. There is a ton of artists. They hear a lot of inspirational speeches from everybody. So you don't have this time to really connect with a person. So it's like a time when you have to be more, but you don't have this time to, you know, to create all this atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then I always feel like pushy, whatever I say, I don't feel comfortable with. I don't know how to start this deep connection in a very short time without sounding filthy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's difficult because you only see them for maybe a few seconds or a few minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And let me ask you, Laura, how, if you think back on the art that you sold, was it two people uh, that you met at shows? Was it at a show? Was it through some other method? Was it through your website? So in the recent, in your, art sales, what has been a really successful method for you? Yeah, actually, it's been mostly to people that I know more than just for three seconds in a booth. Like, uh, how do you know that? How do I know that? Yeah. So think about your previous buyers and maybe the ones that you enjoy the most, um, the ones who buy, who buy more and also refer you. How did you know them? How did you meet them? Yeah, so some of them I actually have met in in shows or galleries, but I had some more time to connect. And sometimes, you know, the connection comes from talking about things that are not related to my art at all. Sometimes very small things of, oh, I like your hearing, you know, this type of conversation, kind of like that. But then you need some more time to connect. It's not like the first three seconds that a person is looking at your art. Mm-hmm. So how do you create this connection in a very short time? Do you need to create the connection in a very short time? It sounds to me like when you met those people, you were able to connect afterwards or you had more time to connect with them or how did you get to know each other? Yeah, you know, it depends on the, on, on the person. Sometimes when you say something like, oh, I love your dress, some people would stop and start talking to you, you know? Yeah. And some of them don't. <laughs> they just thank you and they keep, they keep going. I don't say it to everybody. I say when I really feel that. But, but so, sometimes, you know, people are in, in the booth looking at the art and they look for details and they, you know, they stop to look at the art. They take the time. And so how you create this connection without starting talk? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to invade their space when they're looking. And so it's kind of, yeah. So, and the reason why I ask you all these questions is because there's a natural way that you connect with people just from your observation about what they're wearing or just your curiosity about them. That's very authentic and that's very genuine. But it might not feel like this is how I sell things or this is professional or whatever. 
but there's a natural way that you do it. And what I'm hearing is you notice people and then before your ego comes in where it's like, I don't want to bother them or, you know, I don't, before that comes in, there's always a curiosity. Like, oh, I wonder what they're looking at, you know, like, or like, what are you interested in? And it might just be a simple question. Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> right. Are you looking at this little piece right here? Or have you seen this art before? I get that you're actually a very observant and curious person. And so if you allow that part of you to start the conversation without getting to build a deep connection with them, you naturally do build a connection, especially with the right people. So a lot of times, and I think this is a really good example for all of us, is you already know what you're doing. If you quiet the part of your mind that's like, I need to be more professional, I need to talk to more people, or whatever, you actually are already, you know how to connect with people, especially people who are already there and are curious in your work, right? They're not like accidentally there. Not everyone's going to be, you know, like on your email list or whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's about your natural observation and curiosity. And so Laura, I want to ask you, when you are noticing people look at your artwork, do you notice maybe like some questions or something that you're kind of curious about or wondering about them or like, who are they? Like, do you just kind of notice questions in the back of your mind? Yes. Yeah. Like absolutely. what? And I can't always tell exactly why, but I kind of know how to recognize people that will connect with my, with my painting. Oh, so you when know. I, it's not math, but I don't know. I can't feel it. It's better than that. Yeah. I can't feel them. So why don't you say that? Why don't you say, hey, I I have this feeling, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of have this feeling that you're really connecting with this piece. Okay. Yeah, why not? What's the worst they can say? No. But do you see your soul is like your your intuition? That's what it is. This person's connecting with this piece. And if we can do it with a way where it's not attached to the sale, but really like you're present with the person, people can tell that difference and it makes a big difference, right? So I give you all permission to forget about selling and just focus on the person. Because what happens is, remember, we talked about that magnetic pull. They're going to be like, she sees something that I feel or she's saying something or, you know, there's something here. And then they just get pulled into your curiosity or the conversation. And then it could be that you don't bring up the, the price or anything at all. They'll bring it up, right? Or they'll follow you or something will happen because they're already in your universe. And so, Laura, when you notice that someone is kind of interested in a piece, why don't you just go to them and be like, oh, I feel like you're really interested in this piece. Okay. If someone did that to you, how would you respond? Like that's the that's the thing I usually don't like when people approach me because I know when I want to buy something and I go and buy something. Mm-hmm. And if I have a question, I go and ask a question. I don't like when people approach me when I'm looking in a store or you know, So that's great that you saw that because that is your own thing that affects how you connect with people. But if I'm like, hey, Laura, I have this book and I read it and I thought of you, would that annoy you? No. <laughs> I could know why that it depends because why would it annoy you book that you are trying to sell oh but if I'm trying to sell so there you go that's the answer to your question if you don't have the goal of selling in the back of your mind yeah. and it's really about helping or just finding out about them more what are you motivated by is it kind of learning about them more you know like what's what's kind of interesting to you when you see people looking at your art 
yeah, first of all, I love hearing stories about what they see. I, I paint abstract, so, you know, sometimes people see things or feel things. This is, for me, amazing. And when they get the message that I was trying to convey with the painting, it's like, for me, I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. it you know? <laughs> so, Laura, if I can cut in, what I find very helpful, and when you're in the show, if you come from, like, the mindset that you're doing market research, which you are, that's like 80% of why you're at the show is finding out why people like your piece so mm-hmm. that you can write about it later. So if you say, hey, so these are the questions. What drew you to this piece? What do you see in this piece? How does this piece make you feel? And you're asking these questions, like Anna said, not because you're trying to sell, but you really want to know. Yeah. That your energy will will feel more authentic and sharing. Yeah. And then you'll have the answers that you're looking for because now you'll know how to talk about your art in the way that your potential art collectors are thinking about your art. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Miriam, that was genius. Okay. So why you guys pay me the big bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Laura, can I give you a little bit of homework too? Of course. You're not going to like it though. But you said yes. (laughs) I do want you, when you go, next time you go to a department store or shopping or whatever, and someone's going to approach you, I want you to take a breath and just instead of, you know, being like, no, I don't need your help, right? Just have a conversation with them. Because that part of you, we all have this. We all have kind of like these triggers where we're like, oh, I don't want to be sold to. I don't want to. And that affects how you show up. So if we can soften that, create some flow in that space, maybe it's just, you just look at them and say, Thank you so much for offering to help me. I don't need any help right now. Yeah. Something where it takes two seconds, but it'll help you really kind of get back into that engaging with strangers. Also, let's face it. There are some really bad salespeople out there. Like when you walk into the department store and they start spraying you with perfume versus the people who really are helpful. Like you're, you're taking something out and then they're like, Oh, wait, wait, did you see these things we have on sale or this just came in? Like, there's people who are really actually being helpful versus being like circus barkers. And mm-hmm. I think what Anna says is absolutely true that it sometimes if we drop our own resistance to being sold to, we're, we're better about it. But at the same time, notice when you are in a sales situation that's positive, what did you like about it? So true. In the best situations, Miriam, you don't know you're being sold to. You're just having a conversation. And it's like, okay, I'll buy your artisanal $15 cheese, whatever. Yes, I always wanted a handmade brown scrub brush that I actually did buy that is sitting on my kitchen right now. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I don't know what I paid for it. That was great. Thank you so much. Very helpful. I have a lot of homework. Oh, yeah, Laura. Okay, yeah. Anna, can we wrap up by giving everybody some homework? Because there's a lot of people who seem to want homework now. I know. Well, my my thing to you, all of you, is you know what homework you want. So do it. You know what homework you want me to be like, oh, Lisa, do this. What is it? So Lisa, what is the homework that you want? Uh, (laughs) I hate you for saying this, but (laughs) I think you're right. So for me, that I have an issue with even telling people that I'm an artist because you know, I'm just starting and the whole confidence is not quite there, even though I don't really have any issues with 
I don't, I know that my art's not terrible, but I just feel like, why would people like that? But Marion talked about all of that. So I think um, listening to you, I just need to turn off that part of my brain and believe in myself and just start telling people that, hey, I'm an artist and I make art and I tell that to five people a day or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're, it's clear that you're already an artist. I mean, no. you're in this group, you're creating right. art. So I would forget any doubt, any question that you are an artist and just live your life like an artist. Okay. Thank you. It's, it's kind of like you're saying, well, I don't, you know, like, I don't think I have pink hair and, you know, I'm not sure people, you know, but it's like you, you have pink hair. <laughs> you're, you're an artist. You're here. Right. You create. Don't worry about it. You're welcome. Awesome. Miriam, tell everyone. Period. It's in chapter one of my book, by the way. Tell Ooh. everyone that you're an artist. This is how you rewrite your story. You're telling yourself, you're telling the universe, and you'll also get better at your elevator pitch. Like when you, the more you say it, you can kind of condense down what you do. Oh, absolutely. Great coaching advice, Miriam. <laughs> Anna, can you come to all my coaching sessions? This is great. I know. I'm going to hype you up. Yeah. But it really is like, oh my gosh, I need to take notes. <laughs> All right, Anna, thank you so much for being with us here today. How can people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to work with you? Give us all the places. If you go to com forward slash book, you can actually download half my book for free. Shadow Magic, it's like overcoming these internal fears. And I love plugging that because I did it against the will of my publisher. And I was like, forget it. I'm going to give half my book out for free. And it's really, you know, it's kind of like, it's just like a, a Google file that you download. But if you like it, you can also purchase it. But also, like if you find me on social media, I'm coming back. I took a, a bit of a hiatus, but now I'm back kind of sharing fun things. So Facebook is where I'm most active. And yeah, connect with me there. I would love to see your projects uh, come to fruition. And then okay. me and Miriam hang out sometimes. Yeah, and um, your it. handle is Ms. Anna Sweet. Is there a period in that? Yes, Ms. M-S dot Anna Sweet. On Instagram. MS dot Anna. I think there's a dot. We, I'm pretty sure there is. Um, Instagram.com forward. Yes. MS dot A-N-N-A-T-S. Okay. So everyone go follow Anna and wave to her on social media. All you have to do is like right under your most recent post, tag her, and then she can see your gorgeous art. Oh yeah. Great idea. I want to see everyone's art. I really do. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being with me here today. And don't forget, if you want to be in an experience like this one where you really get help with the tactics of how to sell your art and also how to think about how to sell your art so you can have the right abundant mindset so that you don't sabotage yourself and you have the success that you are looking for, I would love to help you inside the Artist Incubator. We are opening applications for the mastermind track and the next cohort for the self-study track will start soon. For more information, go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z. All right, everyone, until next time, stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com.